The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
Well, they're, they're just stepping out in the hall to talk. Okay. Yep. Okay, good evening and thank you for your patience. Um, welcome to the April, today's the 14th meeting of the City of Kalamazoo Zoning Board of Appeals, a volunteer advisory board appointed by the City Commission. Uh, Mr. Eldridge, are there any announcements or changes to the original agenda? Uh, yes, we, we do have, um, the, the first change to the agenda is uh, going to be that the, uh, the last item which is for 231 East Ransom Street. That item has been withdrawn. That was the application for the use variance regarding the marijuana facilities. And then the uh, second item of note is we are gonna start uh, the, the meeting tonight with the second item on the agenda, which is 3433 Oakland Drive. And Sinart is the uh, representative for that request. All right, thank you. Uh, we'll move on to the acceptance of last month's minutes. Are there any changes to the minutes? Is there a motion to approve the minutes? Is there a second? Uh, all in favor of approval of last month's minutes signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed, same sign. Motion carries. I'll now explain our procedure for tonight's public hearing. Mr. Chair? Yeah. We need to do the roll call vote. And also, oh. I want to remind the board members to turn the microphones on when you speak. Um, just, I know we got to get back in the, in the habit of that now that we're back in person. Thank you. Will you, Pete, run the roll call vote? Harrington? Hello. Can you, oh, am I on? Yep, you're on now. Yep. What am I doing a roll call vote for? Just, just con confirming present. who's here oh, for the I'm record. Oh, sorry, yes. Present. Doan? Present. Logger? Present. Vanden Homburg? Present. And we understand Chair Carroll is en route right now. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I will now explain our procedure for tonight's public hearing. For each request, the secretary will read the application into the public record. The applicant or their representative will then have 10 minutes to provide their comments. Following that, the public is invited to step up to the podium and starting with those in favor, clearly state your name and address and present your comments within the four minute time limit. Following all comments from those who wish to speak in favor of the request, we will invite those who wish to speak in opposition or otherwise comment to do the same within the four minute time limit. After this, we will close the public hearing on the request. Once the public hearing is closed, the board will then conduct what is called a finding of fact, where the board states what they feel are the facts of the request. The board must approve the finding of fact first. Therefore, the first vote that you hear is not a ruling on the request, but, uh, but the finding of fact. Then the board discusses the request in order to determine a ruling. The board reserves the privilege to ask questions of uh, people who have already spoken, even though the public comment portion has been closed. Once discussion is ended, the board will move on to a roll call vote. 
A full board consists of six members with four votes required to grant a non-use variance or a use variance. Since we're starting with four, the uh, vote will still require four members to vote in favor in order for the variance to pass. Um, Christina, will you now read the first case into the record, which is the second case on our agenda? Right. First case, second case. Yes. Right. Sign Art Incorporated, on behalf of the property owner Edward Fletcher, is requesting a dimensional variance from Appendix A, Chapter 7, Section 7.3A1, to authorize an installation of a six foot high, 32 square foot freestanding sign for the office building where there is no sign allowance identified for an office building in the RS5 district. Thank you. Uh, applicant, you may now step forward. Hamilton and Mr. Fletcher for this sign. Um, as uh, Pete's already mentioned, it is uh, meets the ordinance that is soon to be adopted. Yeah, it's well, it's out for public comment right now. Okay. So we're still, let's say, let's say two to three months out. Okay. You know, hopefully less than that, but I'm just going to give you a conservative timeline. Cool. Um, and uh, rather than wait, um, we'd like to do it now if all possible. So we're kind of putting the carriage in front of the horses a little bit. But the tenant is, he's in the space. Um, as you could imagine, it's, uh, as you've driven past this property, it is, you will drive right past it without noticing um, that building being there because of it being set back. And um, if I can answer any questions for you in the meantime, um, looking at the picture of the sign, I think it's in here, but how, how is it lit? Uh, it is internally illuminated. Okay. Um, the background of the sign is opaque. The uh, lettering and the logo itself is um, translucent. 
So it's a very soft lighting. Um, the only white light that's going to come through is going to be on the edge of the letters that are projecting through the sign face. Uh, it's um, intention is to be understate, you know, understated, but yet still provide the impact of a lighted sign, as he will and does see clients um, early hours and evening hours as well. All right. Good. So if you look in the right-hand corner of the drawing that's provided with the application, you'll see um, the, in, the design intent for the night view. Oh, nice. All right, thanks. At night it's dark with the... Excellent job. <laughs> you did an excellent job on the information you provided in the... I feel like I have a clear vision. The sign is beautiful. So can you, to confirm, the sign is going to be six foot tall and 10.4 um, inches wide? Correct. Okay. All right. And the, it's black, a black, a back, a black background with the Hamilton Law PLC and the H in the logo, red? As you would see it at night, correct. Okay. The so background is actually white. It's just a material. At night. Correct. Right. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, any, any further questions for the applicant from anyone? No. Oh, could you repeat the sign? I think it's uh, six, six feet tall, is that right? And 10 feet, four inches wide. And Pete, you talked a little bit about this, but um, this area here is being rezoned or is simply the sign ordinance changing for this? Well, this is, you know, this is in one of the zone districts where the sign standards are being updated. So essentially the R districts or residential districts right now have specific signage for, for residential occupancy and then they have signage for special, what, what uses qualify as special uses in the residential zone districts. Mm -hmm. And so those are, are typical, typically things like, like schools and um, schools, churches, uh, youth centers, um, you know, a variety of low intensity, you know, quasi commercial uses. However, there is no allowance for a commercial building um, that's in the residential zone district when you look at the sign regulations right now. And so you know, looking back at the records in 2019, the, the, the you know, it, that's when the use variance was granted to construct the building. Well, it, it probably should have been addressed at that point, um, but at that point they were just uh, looking at you know this is this is the, the project a 5,000 square foot multi-tenant office building for this site, and uh, so you know which which it, it really wasn't significant until there was a tenant in the building because Mr. Fletcher just had a private office in there or has mm -hmm. a private office. He does. Um, 
but now that there's a tenant that you know would like signage for their direct their clients um, you know this matter you know came up earlier this spring and um, well actually late last year I think is when it first came up and then it came up again in early this spring so um, you know it is something that we are moving forward with in fact you know if anybody wants to review them they're on imagine Kalamazoo our, our, our website um, under our ordinance updates and what what the basically lays out in the amendments proposed is the allowance for a 32 square foot sign for a non-residential use in a residential zone district which would cover this commercial building got it thank you all right I have some concerns about the fact that um, you know this was a residential neighborhood and there are three houses across the street from this that at one time looked into the country club grounds and then now they're looking into your beautiful building um, and then now they're going to have this six foot tall um, ten foot four wide sign showing the red into their living rooms now I thought you had mentioned that it's a, a soft light is that LED light strong enough to go into those living rooms? Um, no, most definitely not. Um, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Okay. Okay. Um, the alternative to this, what you see quite often, is people put floodlights on them. Very few use floodlights and shields. It probably should be a requirement for all the building press alerts for that type of thing, but it's mm -hmm. not. And quite frankly, if it was floodlight energy, that might constitute something defensive. So this is by far the kind of a general approach to it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, at this point, I'd like to invite uh, anyone that wishes to speak in favor of uh, the granting of this variance to please step forward. Seeing no one, if anyone wishes to speak in opposition, this is also the time to do that. And seeing no one, uh, we will close the Mr. public. Chair. Oh. We also need to check with our any call-ins. Oh, I forgot we're still doing call-ins. Yep. No call-ins at this time. 
All right, thanks. In that case, I will now close the public hearing. And Christina, will you read the motion of finding in fact? <coughs> I move I move that the finding of fact for location 3433 Oakland Drive shall include all the information in the notice of public hearing dated February 2nd, 2022. 17 notices of public hearing were sent and zero responses were received. A public hearing was held before the board and public comments were accepted. There are no additional um, bits of information. The finding of facts shall include those documents just described and also the facts and comments made during the public hearing which are summarized as follows. Applicant reported that they designed a sign in keeping with future ordinance, but as it will not be approved for at least three months, uh, wanted to do it now. It needs signage as building is set back, means building can be easily missed. Reports the sign, I misspelled something. There. Sign will be lit, but night view will be black background with soft lighting. Get, uh, six by 10 feet by four inches will be the sign dimensions. Staff reports local uses of the area are mostly low intensity, semi-commercial. Applicant report signage will not face nearby homes. All right, thank you. Is there a second for the motion on finding effect? I second. All in favor of the motion signify by saying aye. Aye. And opposed, same <coughs> sign. The motion carries. Now we'll open, uh, now I'll ask for a motion uh, for the granting of the variance. Okay, one second. Ah, that's what I was doing. Uh, I make a motion for the granting of the variance for Sign Art Incorporated on behalf of the owner. Oh, sorry. Apologies. Let me start again. I make a motion to approve the variance um, for Sign Art Incorporated on behalf of the property owner Edward Fletcher is requesting a dimensional variance from Appendix A, Chapter 7, Section 7.3A1 to authorize installation of a six-foot-high, 32-square-foot freestanding sign for the office building where there is no sign allowance identified for an office building in the RS5 district. Uh, please note this variance, this request will not change the zoning classification of the property. This is a request only for variance regarding the item described above. Thank you. Is there a second? I'll second. Second. All right. It's now open for discussion. Um, while I'm in favor of the sign and the situation, my only concern is the ordinance being updated soon. Um, I'm sure staff can't give us guarantees on when or that it'll be approved. I just would like to hear from staff or attorney. If we approve it, is there any downside potentially to the applicant or the community if the ordinance, is there any value in waiting until the ordinance is in place so there's not a need for a variance? or? Could we put a condition on the variance that it expires in six months so that there's not a, a variance that runs with the land forever when the ordinance takes care of it? Well, the, the variance would essentially be, it would no longer be needed once the ordinance is adopted because the the proposed residential standards, assuming 
Well, I, there, those, those are not my concern. I, I think the residential standards we've put together are, are going to remain the same from our, our early draft, which is out for public review now, um, you know, through the approval process. Um, so, you know, so if you, if this variance request proceeds tonight, gets approved, the sign ordinance gets updated in, in say, three months, um, then the variance is just kind of falls away. It's, it's not really necessary anymore. Um, it, you know, staff wouldn't need to look back for a variance if they wanted to replace the sign down the road with another 32 square foot sign. So I, I don't think it, so it doesn't create any harm. Um, so that would be my, my comments on that. So, the, so my, my hesitation on assuming when it's gonna get approved, because it's a sign ordinance and signs, especially commercial signage is a very controversial topic in many communities. And we've just put this out for public review. So it's more the commercial zone districts and the signage, um, you know, alterations that are that we've laid out in in the amended sign or sign regulations that may require more research based on comments we receive. So there could be delays, but I don't see the delays coming from the residential district standards that we're proposing. Thank you. Thanks. I, I'm going to be in favor of this. And looking through the um, factors that we consider when granting uh, a, a variance, a dimensional variance, um, since this is in a residential area, I look closely at uh, will the granting of this variance negatively affect adjacent land? And I mean, it's right next door to a school with signage. It's, you know, half a block away from of sign variants we granted at Lakeside. And with the comments made about, you know, the sign being perpendicular to the residences across the street and the sensitivity that seems to have been put into how it will be lit, uh, I don't see that this will negatively affect adjacent property or land. So I will be in favor. Any additional discussion? All right, Pete, can we do a roll call vote? We'll start with Ms. Harrington. Doan? Yes. Carol? Yes. Logger? Yes. Vanden Hamburg? Yes. Motion carries. Thank you. All right, we're changing chairs at this point. Musical <laughs> 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 chairs. Did you win? Right here. Everything's right oh, in there. It's right there. Oh, thank you. Give me just a second to. Uh, I'll apologize while you're doing that. Um, is this one? Yeah. Test. Uh, I apologize to the board, the and all applicants and staff for my uh, tardiness. We were putting in 200 tree orchard. And we hit a water line at the end, and I lost track of time while we were fixing it. So I apologize, but the trees are watered. Yay. All right, uh, this is my first night, uh, so I have a second apology, and that is uh, bear with me while I get my rhythm here. Uh, will the uh, board secretary read the next application into the record? Is everything yeah. 
Yes. <clears throat> yeah, yes, Acquisitions LLC is requesting a use variance from Appendix A, Chapter 4, Section 4.1 to authorize the redevelopment of a mobile home park on this site where in the CC district this is not a permitted, permitted land use. All right. Will the applicant step up to the podium and provide your name and address? You have 10 minutes. Is the mic on? Test, test. Love it. Thank you. All right, please. Um, as you guys are aware, we submitted an application for a zoning variance for the parcel of land on 3400 Stadium Drive. Uh, we are attempting to purchase this parcel of land contingent upon our ability to get the zoning request. Uh, if, as you're aware, we, are, we own and operate the two mobile home communities next to Stadium Drive, Twin Leaf Stadium, or Twin Leaf Properties, and Yes Americana. Okay. Good. All right. So thank you all for your time. Um, a couple things that I just want to talk about, and I know staff has kind of put together their own letter and recommendation here. Um, you know, there's the standards that we have to meet. Um, I think we wrote a letter to you guys, um, you know, just kind of some of the standards that we feel as though we meet um, in order to be necessary to qualify for this use variance. Um, so one of them is um, does the strict interpretation of the ordinance, you know, deny us from that? Um, you know, like Brian said, there's several mobile home parks that are actually in the commercial zoned uh, properties. And so, you know, we're just trying to do what both those properties are doing. Uh, the other one is that, uh, is there any hardships that are unique to this? And again, I know Pete has lined out several hardships. Um, we've got several hardships that we thought of. Um, so we, we've got some overlap there. Um, with this only having 50 foot of frontage, um, that's a very, very difficult parcel to develop. Um, obviously, the bulk of the parcel is in the very, very back of the parcel. Um, there is a high-speed rail line that's going to be, you know, adjacent to the bulk of the property. Trying to get any kind of real big commercial development in there, um, it's, it's going to be tough. And as Pete pointed out, um, you know, this property has changed hands many times. People have been trying to develop this property, and they really haven't been able to come up with any kind of commercial development that's going to fit this property and work with this property. Um, the other item that we had is um, the parcel directly south of us um, used to be the old wayside building. Um, that property obviously has, I mean, that's a prime real estate, right? That's got everything you would want for a commercial property. And, um, you know, they, they on that property still haven't been able to develop that property. So, um, you know, there's they've got a lot of things that we don't have um, and they can't develop it. So we're hopeful that our, you know, our residential community would work better in the back of the property there. Um, and then are there any special circumstances created by the applicant? Um, we really, I mean, we haven't taken any kind of circumstances that, you know, we're not causing this use variance. You know, the, the city, they did their zoning study and, um, you know, they kind of thought that this would be a great commercial property, whereas, you know, as Pete mentioned in his staff report, uh, 
it's changed a lot of hands, so it, it's kind of a difficult one to develop. Uh, the other one here being, uh, is this the minimum action necessary? Yeah, so really, I mean, to, to develop this property, it's either we, um, you know, as a mobile home community, we either have to rezone the property, right, or we have to get a use variance. Um, going in for rezone, as you all know, is, is difficult. There's a lot of standards you have to meet. Um, your future land map has to reflect the fact that, you know, whatever we're trying to rezone it to, and then, um, you know, there's a lot of legal things that we have to meet, which we wouldn't be able to do. So really the use variance is the minimum action that we could take. Um, and then will granting this neg negatively affect the land? You know, like I said, and there's not a lot more to say here about it, but um, we got a couple mobile home parks right there. You know, they own both of them. They're great. They're doing really well. Um, they're well maintained. They look good. Um, so we're, we're confident that that'll work. And then um, will this be consistent with the ordinance? Um, so again, like I just said, there's you've got a lot of standards in your ordinance that you have to meet. I've spelt out all the different ones that we would meet. Um, but again, we're right by other mobile home parks as well. So just a couple items I wanted to point out. And like I said, uh, Pete has also got a lot of good points in there that we didn't think of as well. So we're happy to answer any questions that you may have for us. Thank you. So this property was a mobile home at one park. Will you be able to like use the infrastructure that's there? No. So what we're planning, um, really, we're, we're going to clean slate the property. Um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that all the infrastructure, it's, probably dilapidated, it's old, it's, it, I'm, it's not gonna work for how we're gonna lay the new development out. Um, so our, our plan is to just clean slate it, all new infrastructure. Okay. I had a friend that lived at Americana Estates quite some time ago, and I live on the west side, and I had the time, so I drove through all the properties today. Um, Obviously, I couldn't get into the former Franklin Estates that you're looking to um, convert back to a mobile home park and redevelop, but I looked at it from uh, Wayside West. Mm -hmm. um, there is a great need in our community for um, affordable housing, and I was pleased with the, um, especially with Americano Estates, it, it seemed a little newer, and I found the green space. There was this big green area with a nice new playground and um, some sort of colorful concrete pad to play games on and things like that. Um, I couldn't find a, a playground or anything at, at Twin Leaf. Did I miss that or is there something in the works for Twin Leaf? I, I believe Twin, Twin Leaf has some playground amenities kind of in the northeast corner, I believe. Mm -hmm. Okay. They do. So I, I just missed that. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, all right. Well, thank you. Any other questions? All right. Thank you. Uh, Van den Hamburg. <laughs> <laughs> Beth. <laughs> Yeah. 
Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, now, those wishing to speak in favor, you're invited. Seeing none, now those who wish to speak in opposition are welcome to speak. Seeing none, do we have call-in comments? None at this time. I thank you very much. Mr. Chair? Please. I'd like to make a few staff comments. Um, as it was alluded to by the applicant, um, you know, since the closure of the former uh, Franklin Valley Estates mobile home community on this property, uh, which was around 2008, you know, there's been several attempts uh, to redevelop the site for uh, multifamily um, apartment buildings, and none of those uh, uh, really gained legs. Um, so, you know, this this provides an opportunity to uh, bring this space back to a use that did work very well for it for many years. Um, as the applicant mentioned, it's got limited frontage, so it's zoned commercial, but it only has 50 feet of frontage on Stadium Drive. It has let's just say zero visibility because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's virtually 25 to 30 feet lower elevation wise uh, than the parking lot of the, uh, the wayside site in front of it. So it's, it's got some unique challenges and, uh, and I think that's led to, um, you know, the, the complexity of, of trying to get a redevelopment project uh, to go on this site. But, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, to mention that and also to, uh, you know, touch on the, the, the rezoning option. And that was looked at closely by staff. We have a residential mobile home park zone district, the RMHP. Um, you know, however, it was felt that that was not the direction we wanted to go for Stadium Drive. That is a commercial corridor through and through and for this, you know, unique circumstance, we did not want to, you know, uh, you know, go with a rezoning that would permanently position this property to be a mobile home park, um, you know, for, a, for, for many years to come. At least with this use variance route, um, it can be a mobile home park. It could, at a future date, convert back into some commercial use if the property in front of it changes. So it, uh, this, this was actually the direction that, that staff guided the applicant. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Does the board have any additional questions for staff or applicants before the finding of fact? Here, very well. Hearing none, is there a motion for the finding of fact? Uh, yes. Yes. I move the finding of fact for 3400 Stadium Drive shall include all information included in the notice of public hearing dated February 23rd, 2022. 194 notices of public hearing were sent and one response was received and is part of the record. That response was from James Pollock of the Hinman Company. A public hearing was held before the board and public comments were accepted. Uh, the finding of fact shall include all the documents that were included in the packet delivered to the board uh, and all those facts and comments made during the public hearing 
which are summarized as follows. Brian Doherty and Alex Fay spoke on behalf of the applicant. Uh, applicant is attempting to purchase the property contingent on the granting of tonight's variance. Uh, applicant operates two uh, adjacent or nearby mobile home parks. Uh, the property at issue has 50 feet of frontage on Stadium Drive and the bulk of its 10 acres is toward the back of the property without visibility from the road. At the rear of the property is an Amtrak railroad line that makes uh, development somewhat difficult for many uses. Uh, the property has been targeted unsuccessfully for development uh, in part as a result of the uniqueness of the land and how it's situated relative to the road and the railroad tracks. Uh, applicant uh, noted that the wayside building that is directly in front of this property has been struggling to be fully redeveloped for some time as well. And, that, and staff also noted that there have been a few attempts to redevelop this property uh, that fell through. Um, applicant uh, indicated their experience operating mobile home parks uh, and indicated that though there was a mobile home park in here, they will start with a clean slate and replace the infrastructure and build from the ground up. Uh, ap applicant also addressed uh, concerns received by letter um, from the Hinman Group, which operates the property uh, adjacent to the south, I guess, of this. Um, and that's that. Thank you. Chair, do, can I ask a question? Because I do have one now. Please. What happened to the other mobile? Yeah, just hit, hit your mic button one more time. I I wanted to know what happened at the other mobile home. Like, did something crazy happen? What occurred there that the business did the business model just not work, or what happened? So so why did the former Previous, mo mobile yeah. home park that was here Correct. um that was uh it was um you know, I, I know it was it was somewhat run down, but what uh, what brought about the, the the demise was the the owner of of the wayside property that sits between this this parcel and Stadium Drive acquired the mobile home park at the time and was then looking to redevelop it. And so when he found what he what he thought was going to be that that suitable redevelopment project, that's when the eviction notices went out, and so they, all the folks had to relocate. And then uh, within six months, they they demolished all the remaining uh, mobile homes that were in in the park, and then it just sat waiting for the project, which which it, nothing happened in 2008. They tried again in 2012, and again. Um, that that wasn't able to move forward either, and so it it then uh, changed hands from from that that entity to the Plaza Corp company, um, who who also purchased the former Wayside site in front of it, and so they've been the the land holder for the last few years, and then they somehow got connected with Yes Communities. So so that's really you know what happened. It was it really was was shuttered. 
with the anticipation of a, of a, of a new development going there that, that never came to fruition. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, do I have a second for the finding of, second the motion of the finding of fact? I second the motion for the finding of fact. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Eldridge, I do the roll call, the uh, voice vote or you? Remind me. You, you would do the Very voice well. Vote. Thank you. Uh, those in favor of the finding of fact, please signify by saying aye. 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 And those opposed, the same. The finding of fact motion passes. Uh, is there a motion regarding the pending application? Or do you, do you always want to read them? No. Mm -mm. Motion. Yep. The finding of fact has been approved. No, it's after the motion. Thank you. Um, is there a motion for this application? I make a motion for yes acquisitions LLC for use variance from Appendix A, Chapter 4, Section 4.1, to authorize the redevelopment of a mobile home park on the site. We're in the CC district. This is not a permitted land use. Please note this request will not change the zoning classification of the property. This is a request for variance only regarding the item described above. Thank you very much. Is there a second? Second. Thank you. The off mic conversation was about what, in which order we do our discussion, uh, in the correct order we do our discussion now. Uh, is there any, thank you. Is, is there anybody uh, that would like to speak uh, about their uh, opposition or support? I'm in support of this. I, in a former life, I was a home visitor and I had many people that I had to go and hang out with in Twin Leaf. The property was impeccably maintained. The management of the property was extraordinarily diligent about maintaining the, the rules and the decorum because I got in trouble and my boss got called because I sped through there one time. And so I just need to, <laughs> Remy cannot come back if she speeds like that again. So I am absolutely in favor. Thank you very much. Thank you. Anybody else? Very well. Hearing none, Mr. Eldridge, can I have a roll call vote? We'll start with Ms. Vandenhamburg. Yes. Logger? Yes. Carol? Yes. Doan? Yes. Harrington? Yes. Your request is approved. Thank you. Uh, the board secretary will now read the next application into the record. We are on 437 Stone Street. Austrin's family dentistry is requesting a dimensional variance from Appendix A, Chapter 7, 7.3, A1, to authorize installation of a nine-foot square projection, a nine square foot, excuse me, projection, projecting sign for this office building where there is no sign allowance identified for an office building in the RM-15C district. Thank you. Will the applicant step to the podium and uh, provide your name and address? Uh, Dr. Mara Madison, um, uh, representing Austrian's Family Dentistry, PLLC. Very well. Thank you. Mm -hmm. For 437 Stone Street. Very well. All right. The floor is yours. Uh, 
we are requesting a uh, replacement, or I am requesting him no longer with my father. He just retired, so I'm taking it over, and we kind of freshened up the whole outside, and we'd like to freshen up the sign that's there currently, uh, which is going parallel with the road, and so I would like to raise it up and have it kind of higher so patients can see it when they're driving perpendicular to the road. And it would be 36 inches, um, I brought in the template, 36 inches um, in diameter and about, I think, eight, I think on the, you might have um, the actual, I think it's eight and seven eighths inches of a, like a metal bracket. Um, so all together about 46 and seven eighths inches off the building. So I'd like to have it a little bit higher up mounted, um, not only for patient visibility, but also um, we're right there on the street where there's a lot of student housing and during football games, like we've had that sign that's currently there has had a lot of, has been beat up a lot <laughs> by, you know, either kicked in by drunk college students going by or drinks splashed on it or whatnot, but I just want to kind of get it up off the ground. And so um, that is my request. <laughs> Very well, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, questions from the board? It looks to me from the picture that you put, that you is submitted that this is the sign totally overhangs your like landscaping feature in front of the building and it's it doesn't it you it, you couldn't reach it in any way from either your entryway or the sidewalk the way it looks is that true I'm not understanding what you're asking so the way it looks to me in this is that the sign itself is completely over the landscaping feature and there's no way that you could reach this from either the sidewalk or the or the entry. Correct. Right. You would have to stand in, in the landscaping to to touch it like how she's holding it up. All right, good. Yep. I just wanted to make sure uh -huh. I'm seeing that right. And it's still going to be under, see how the roof line kind of goes out? It would be, I purposely want it actually under the roof line still just for weather purposes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay, I see that. Very good. Well, you answered my question. That's sure. perfect. Um, we go to St. Tom's, so I'm in yes. that neighborhood yep. all the time. And um, I was able to drive over there today, and I just want to clarify that it looks like it was um, a porch at one time, and it's, yes. it's been glassed in. Correct. And then you're gonna, you've got like a gable where the roof is, and then you're going to put that, that metal circular sign up where that gable is, kind of underneath? Um, not that high, actually. Not that high? Okay. No, I'm going to put it very similar to where she's holding it in that picture, because I would like to have it mounted, um, okay. see where the light is, and see where the brick is. Okay. I, we just had the, the sign, uh, or the siding done, so I didn't want to mount it onto the siding. Okay. Um, and also we've had some trouble with, you know, bees and, and squirrels. And so I didn't, the less holes in the siding, the better. We just totally sealed that thing up. So that's why I wanted to mount it into the brick. Okay. Yep. All right. I've mm -hmm. got it now. Thank you. Yeah. Any other questions? Well, in this, like like I said, 
we never know what's going to come in as applications for the Zoning Board of Appeals and to have a new office building uh, that a use variance was granted for and having to figure out how to address that under the residential sign regulations. And now we're talking about an office building that, that went into active use as a dentistry in 1957. Um, in both circumstances, there is no sign allowance because the, the, the dental office is not considered a special use in that RM15 zone district. So there's, so there's technically no allowance for a, for a wall sign to answer your initial question. Let alone a per perpendicular wall sign. Correct. Because non-law had to come for the perpendicular variance. Yes. Okay. And, and what I can say in the, the sign ordinance amendments proposed, we are, we are not classifying per, per, um, projecting signs and wall signs differently. It's, it's still considered a wall-mounted sign, even if it projects from the building. Okay, thank you. Any other questions for the applicant? I have a question for staff. Okay. All right. So just to, to, to reiterate that in a couple months when the, this new signed ordinance goes in, there won't be any question about this sign. No, this, no, would, th no this, this would be a conforming sign under the new R district standards. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hearing no other questions, um, thank you. Uh, now those speaking in favor are welcome to approach the podium. Seeing none in favor, those opposed are welcome to speak. Seeing none, do we have any call-in comments? None at this time. Thank you very much. Staff, other comments? Yes, I do have a few comments to make just to kind of uh, close, close a few uh, loopholes here. Um, you know, as, we, as was talked about with the special circumstances, obviously related to you know this this not this this office use not being considered a special use in the residential zone district so therefore there's no assigned sign allowance for it even though this uh this office has been in use for over 60 years so it uh you know this this is a unique circumstance that it's been a successful business run all that time and there have been, and, and I believe that, that, well, there is an example of one of the older signs that was once hung that would have been essentially, it would have projected from the building. So, so that is a sign from the 60s, basically. Um, so, yeah, so, so anyways, yes, so, you know, the, so there has been, you know, different uh, manners of, of signage over the years, but very minimal. This is in a historic district, but this sort of sign proposed also meets those, those general historic district requirements. So that's, you know, that, that's part of the sign permit review process that it gets looked at by, the, by our, uh, our historic preservation coordinator. And then lastly, I just wanted to mention the uniqueness of the area because it is an RM15 zone district, yet we're talking about signage for an office building. And in this case, 
Um, you know, the other residential, residentially occupied properties on the same side of, of Stone Street as this office um, are all student rentals. On the opposite side of Stone Street, uh, St. Thomas More and the Catholic Diocese own um, virtually everything that's not part of Western's KDPS station and the University Roadhouse restaurant. So it is not your typical, you know, uh, residential area per se. And I just wanted to make note of that too. Thank Stanwood is the next street over to the, to the east. Mm -hmm. Not a problem. Um, does the board have any additional questions before we establish the finding of fact? All right. Do I have a motion for a finding of fact? Am I on? Okay. I move that the finding of fact for 437 Stone Street shall include all information included in the notice of public hearing dated March 29th, 2022. 62 notices of public hearing were sent and zero responses were received. A public hearing was held before the board and public comments were accepted. In addition to the information and documents contained in agenda packet staff provided for the request, the Zoning Board of Appeals received additional documents on the request including nothing. <laughs> um, right? Is there's, I mean, we have like this packet. Correct. Yeah, we have this packet. Co correct. There was no, there was no public feedback received right okay thank you um the finding of fact shall include those um just what was submitted to staff um just described and also the facts and comments made during public hearing which are summarized as follows austrin's family dentistry is requesting a dimensional variance um to authorize the installation of a nine square nine square foot um sign where there is no sign allowance identified in RM 15C, in the RM 15C district. Um, Dr. Mar Matson, who is a third generation dentist, um, I just wanna say that, um, indicated that she um, wanted to get um, the signage up off of the ground um, and would, I'm sorry, I can't even read my writing, goodness gracious. Um, and staff indicated that um, the signage um, and it's in the request is are you saying this Pete if I'm saying this inaccurately then please correct me um, would be a, a conforming signage which she, what her request is would be a conforming use in arm 15 C is that accurate did I say that right what what, what she's proposing yeah would conform to what the, could be, yeah. the, the sign ordinance amendments okay sorry I didn't I tried to capture that um, Alrighty, um, the strategic vision alignment is that it supports a complete neighborhood, um, residential areas that support a full range of people's daily needs. Um, and they want to be um, visible to um, the public. Um, and that's what I'm hearing and that's it. That's what I have. Thank you very much. Do we have a second? Second. Thank you. Uh, all those in favor of the finding of the motion for the finding of fact, please say aye. Aye. And those opposed, the same. Hearing no opposition, the motion passes. 
may I have a reading of the motion regarding the pending application? Austin Family Dentistry, uh, sorry, I make a motion to, to for a dimensional variance for Austin Family Dentistry from Appendix A, Chapter 7, Section 7.3A1 to authorize the installation of a nine-foot square projecting sign for this office building where no sign allowance is identified for an office building in the RM15 district. <clears throat> Please note this variance will not change the zoning classification of the property. This is a request for variance only regarding the item described above. Thank you. Is there a second for the motion? Second. Thank you. Um, now, the board has discussion time. I can start with, um, I used to be a patient of Dr. Mara's and her father's, uh, probably 10, 12 years, and then I changed insurance. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I tried to get back in. They said no. Um, but I moved here from Phoenix, and we never had hills there. And when somebody recommended the Austrians family dentistry, I tried to find it going up and down those hills there. Took me a while to find it. Um, so I think this would probably be an improvement in the situation for your uh, signage. And, um, you know, if this was in the middle of the block, down three doors, and then you were surrounded on both sides by residential, I don't think it would be appropriate. But um, in the context, I think it's appropriate. Um, anybody else? I'm going to be in favor, too. I think that the the street itself and the uses on the street would favor having a sign here, even if the uh, new signage amendments weren't coming in. Um, so I'm going to be in favor of this. Thank you. I'm in favor simply from the historical perspective of it. I think it's amazing um, what this has meant for Kalamazoo. Congratulations on your dad's retirement. I think it's great. So absolutely. Thank you. I will be in <clears throat> sorry, I will be in favor given the neighborhood and the nature of the signage. I think it's perfectly reasonable and uh, I think it'll be good. Very well. And I will be in favor as well. Congratulations. And I really love the thought that went into the design of that sign, the um, the template of it and the, the lettering. It just has kind of a nineteen forties feel to it. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, Mr. Eldridge, uh, there will be no surprises, but can we get a roll call vote? Sure. Let, let's start with uh, Mr. Lager. Yes. Vanden Hamburg? Yes. Harrington? Yes. Doan? Yes. Carroll? Yes. Uh, the request has been approved. Thank you. Alrighty. Would the secretary now read the next application in the record? That would be 667 Carr Street. Chestity West is requesting the following variances. One, a use variance from Appendix A, Chapter 4, Section 4.1, to authorize a group daycare of 7 to 12 children in her residence at 667 Carr Street, where residential daycare is not a permitted use in the M1 district. Two, a variance from Appendix A, Chapter 4, Section 4.2, K2C, to authorize a group daycare on a local street where group daycares are required to be located on collector or arterial streets. Thank you. Uh, will the applicant step to the podium and provide your name and uh, register your address in the book? 
Yes, my name is Chastity West. Um, I reside at 667 Carr Street. Um, I'm requesting a variance um, to run a group daycare. Currently, I'm running a family childcare where I service um, one to six kids per shift. Um, in the area where I'm at right now, it's a uh, M1 zone, which is a manufacturing zone that doesn't allow for a group daycare setting. Um, it actually would allow for a child, a daycare um, center setting, which my um, group home would be, you know, less less use. Um, so I'm asking uh, for permission to be allowed to operate um, a group daycare home with uh, the capacity of 12 children per shift. Thank you. Could I ask how many children do you currently have in your uh, daycare? Um, I currently have seven enrolled right now. Okay, so it would just increase. And um, thinking about the street, there is some residential there. Is there ever any problem with drop-off or pick-up times and congestion with traffic or anything like that? Um, no, there's never any problem with that. Um, and also, um, the way the property is designed, I have a pretty um, nice amount of area for parking um, and stuff like that, so that would never be a conflict because my driveway can uh, probably fit about six cars or okay. more in there. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, what is, what's the difference between a home daycare to a group daycare? Um, uh, there's no difference. The difference is um, a, the difference is a group daycare and um, family um, daycare. So the group just means a bigger capacity, um, like servicing 12, 12 kids per shift versus six kids per shift. Always uh, minors, correct? Say that again. Minors, no adults. Uh, no adults. Okay. Um, in special circumstances, um, you can um, keep special needs. Uh, you know, if kids, if if it's necessary, and if you have documentation from the doctor and stuff like that. But no adults. Only, only, only kids. Cool. I just was trying to understand, uh, not that it mattered uh, age-wise. So the practical difference, uh, I guess the operative word is group, indicates more people. This 12 number, is that a number that the state regulates for group homes, or is where did you come up with this number? Where did we come up with this number? It's, it's state guidelines. I'm licensed by the state, and so um, cool. the next level for a home daycare provider would be the group capacity yeah very good thank you and if I can interject so the group capacity so the home daycare is one to six children group is seven to twelve so even if Ms. West wanted to add just one more child and have seven she would have to apply for this next level up license called the group daycare license which I've already applied for 
Thank you. Um, is this like a group home, like for displaced youth, or is this like daycare? It's a daycare. Daycare. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this this falls under the child care licensing. So there's two components to this request. Is that accurate? Yes. Yes, there are two components. Let's let's make sure we're clear on that. There was there is the use variance because of the zone district. And then after review of the standards, um, it was determined that, um, that there's, there's three criteria for a group home. One is that the exterior has to, re, has to retain its residential character. Two, in order to be a group, a group daycare, it has to um, have 100 square feet of, of play space per child, which this has. The third one is that it has to be located on a on a arterial or collector street type in the city of Kalamazoo, not on a local street. And unfortunately, Carr Street is a local street. Portage Street is a collector street, okay. which the separation distance is essentially the, the, the Little Caesars property, which is 125 feet. So that's where that dimensional variance comes in, just to... Thank you. That. I just wanted the board to be mindful of the two different requests. Well, I need more clarity about why a, a commercial, it's a commercial childcare facility is, is allowable, but not a home childcare. What's the, why, like, what was the, what's your perspective about okay, that? Okay, that, that is accurate. So the M1 zone district, the Manufacturing Limited Zone District, allows for a daycare center, a commercial daycare center. However, it, it is silent on the allowance for a home daycare or group daycare operation. When you say silent, you it, mean like what? It's not, it's not permitted. It doesn't identify it as a permitted use in that, in that M1 zone district. So it's explicitly not a permitted use. So it's yes. So it is not listed as a permitted use. So there is okay. there is one type of daycare that is allowed, but that's the commercial daycare center, and that's all that's allowed from a daycare standpoint in in the M1 zone. I understand. And, and the difference would be uh, live in or not live in. So daycare center implies it's a business and there's no resident. And the day, the group home or the daycare home mm -hmm. is a, a live-in resident. Right. Okay. Um, we don't want, because if she's allowed to keep children, then it's, she can do it 24 hours a day. She can do it like within the timelines that she's outlined. Like, why not? Why is it not like, what was the, why, why is that? Why not? Why? Why not? Why can't she do it? Why is it not a permitted use? So, so you're, what you're asking is, yeah, why? Why can they? Why can a commercial business do it, but why can't she do it? Well, in most cases, you wouldn't have a group of single-family homes in a manufacturing zone district like this. So, okay, well, that's not this. So, this sort of circumstance typically wouldn't come up. So, that to answer the why, mm -hmm. I guess that's part of the unique circumstance here. Sure. So, so, yeah. so when they set it up, they weren't anticipating 
there was going to be single family homes and that those homeowners were going to possibly want to run a home daycare from those residences. Okay. So okay. it's that she has a house that, she has a house in a commercial district. Yes. And they didn't plan for that. Yeah. They didn't plan for that. So she's allowed to do a, a daycare center in the commercial zone. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't speak to the home. Yes. And she has a home and she lives there, so she wants to specific, specifically be able to do that in her home. Okay. And yeah. not have yeah. a center. Yeah, and that sort of misalignment of the zoning was something I referenced in the staff report that that the Edison neighborhood plan even uh, referred to, you know, looking closely at the zoning and existing land uses for better alignment because there are, um, there are some areas like this. This is not the only one where you have, you know, a grouping of, of, of single family homes that are in a manufacturing zone district. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not ideal. And this is one of those, you know, uh, unusual circumstances that arises okay. when the zoning doesn't align with the underlying land use. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Um, any other questions for the applicant? Thank you for your time. Um, now we'll t have those speaking in favor. Or do you have anything else to add? I should say you have 18 seconds. Thank you. Sounds rewarding. Um, excuse me. Uh, now those in favor are invited to speak. Seeing none, those opposed to the uh, variance request are invited to speak. Hearing none, I wonder if we have any uh, phone-in comments. None at this time. I appreciate it. Uh, Mr. Eldridge, do you have anything to add? Yes. Thank you, Chair. Um, just real quickly, I want to uh, reiterate, um, we, we kind of covered the, the, the fact that, that uh, this side of Carr Street is in the manufacturing zone district, but, uh, but overall looking at the, the totality of Carr Street, you know, it is predominantly residential with, with nine uh, residences located there and um, I think I've covered the dimensional variance element but we can we can revisit that because these should be voted on separately so if there are you know separate questions related to the dimensional variance I would recommend discussing and voting on the use variance first and then circling back to that um, 
other comments related to the use variance. Um, you know, the future land use map does show um, that the, the east half of Carr Street, which is closest to Portage Street, is in a neighborhood edge district, which is kind of where you, where you have that uh, blend of, of commercial and residential. And then the west half is shown as R2 residential. So, you know, really our future land use map is more in alignment with the existing land use than the current zoning map. So that, that was an interesting revelation there. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, overall, we've covered, you know, most of the uh, uh, circumstances here. And uh, if, if it's not clear as far as the, you know, the allowance of daycare in the M1 zone, just, just let me know. But I, I think we've covered that base. Thank you. Thank you. Do I have a motion? Uh for a use variance. Finding fact. Oh, my apologies. Thank you. Uh, before we get to a uh, motion on the variance, do I have a motion for the finding of fact? I move that the finding of fact for location 667 Carr Street shall include all information included in the notice of public hearing. There were two that were sent. March 29th of 2022 and April 6th of 2022. The first notice was for the use variance to have a group daycare and the um, second notice was for the um, dimensional. dimensional variance um, because it was on a local street. 31 notices of public hearing were sent and zero responses were received. A public hearing was held before the board and public comments were accepted. In addition to the information and documents contained in agenda packets staff provided for this request, the Zoning Board of Appeals received additional documents on the request, including letters of support from Oscar Johnson and Christopher Carter. The finding of facts shall include those documents just described and also the facts and comments made during the public hearing which are summarized as follows. Chastity West is requesting a use variance for group daycare and a dimensional variance to authorize daycare on a local street. The applicant is looking to have the capacity for 12 children. Chastity has adequate parking area and is 125 feet from Portage Road, which is a main street. And I will conclude. Thank you. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. I, I second it. Thank you. Do you also, are you in favor? Aye. Everybody else? Aye. You have to say it out loud. <laughs> All right, uh, we have passed the finding of fact, or I, I should say, are, those, are there any opposed? Hearing none, the finding of fact has passed. Is there a motion regarding the pending application for use variance only? 
I make a motion for a use variance from Appendix A, Chapter 4, Section 4.1, to authorize a group daycare of 7 to 12 children in her residence at 667 Carr Street, where residential daycare is not a permitted use in the M1 district. Please note this request will not change the zoning classification of the property. This is a request for variance only regarding the item described above. Thank you. Can I have a second? Thank you. Uh, now we'll have discussion on the use variance only. So I'm going to be in favor of granting this use variance. Um, looking at the factors, um, I think it's a somewhat unique situation just because this is zoned manufacturing. Anyone on the street would see it as a as a residential street, but it's you know really adjacent to a main thoroughfare portage road um, so based upon what the zoning is now and what the use is um, this this seems to fit what that area uh, can have should have uh, and hearing the um, experience and the operation that's already in place I'll be in favor thank you I'll also be in favor and I think that there's something that I am having a visceral reaction to surrounding the zoning and the fact that we're going to be putting a childcare facility there um, in a res in a home um, and so I would this is not to do with Miss West this is to do with like the way that we I don't know what can be done to be more supportive so that it feels like a more congruent um, like use of the property. Like I'm, I have a question about that. I don't know. Um, it just all feels like, but there's homes that there are people that live there and people that live there have children, families live there and we need childcare facilities for them in a variety of different ways that people um, need to, I, you know, they need to, yes, I'm so I'm absolutely in favor of this, but I just, it feels uncomfortable for that this entire thing, like their homes in a manufacturing district. And I'm curious to know like what we're going to do in our city to kind of shift that a little bit. So Pete, maybe you could speak to that a little bit. Well, yeah, it, it's actually, um, you know, the update of the zoning map is one of the uh, future items that's, that's in process right now. I mean, we are, we haven't got to the manufacturing districts as far as evaluating the manufacturing zones and the underlying land use and seeing where we have inconsistencies. Um, we're actually doing that right now with the commercial districts. So, um, and that's, you know, like I said, there's, you know, these ordinance amendments I talk about, which I, I'll elaborate more at the end of our meeting here, but, um, you know, that's, that's another step. And I thought it was important tonight to note that after reading through the Edison neighborhood plan, that when they put their neighborhood plan together, they were acknowledging, yes, this is a deficiency. It's one of our goals that this gets corrected. Um, so it's, yeah, so it's a known quantity and it's, it's on the neighborhood's radar. It's on the city's radar um, that th this needs to be looked at, if that helps. You mentioned that. I just... I can say it, 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 I am having a reaction to that. So thank you very much. Thank you. Anything else? 
Hearing no further discussion, uh, Mr. Eldridge, could I get a roll call vote on the use variance? Motion. Okay, and again, this is. Make it. Yeah, I mean, motion. Yep. yep. Yeah, this is for the use variance. Yes, it, yes. Ms. Doan moved it, Ms. Harrington seconded it. Uh, we will start with this listing. Let's start with Ms. Doan. Yes. Ms. Harrington. Yes. Vanden Hamburg. Yes. Logger? Yes. Carroll? Yes. The motion is the uh, use variance has been approved. Um, we have a second variance request. Could I get a motion for that? I make a motion for um, Chastity West from, for a variance from chapter, sorry, from Appendix A, Chapter 4, Section 4.2, K2C, to authorize a group daycare on a local street where group daycares are required to be located on collector or arterial streets. Please note this request will not change the zoning classification of the property. This is a request for variance only regarding the item described above. Thank you. Do I have a second? I second. Thank you. Uh, now we can discuss the variance, or the motion for the variance. Uh, I'll be in favor of the motion. I think it's proximity to Portage Road uh, makes it congruent with the use or the the variance. Excuse me. Anybody else? It it, it yeah it does dead end. Um, there's also. I have to look at the map. I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. There's there's another street that that tees off of it and wraps around where the U-Haul uh, business is located. Mm -hmm. I forget that street name, but yeah, um, yeah. So there's, so there's there's homes. Yeah, there's homes down that side street also. All right. Uh, hearing no other discussion, Mr. Aldridge, can I get a roll call vote? We'll start with Ms. Vanden Hamburg. Yes. Logger. Yes. Carol. Yes. Doan. Yes. Harrington. Yes. Uh, the motion, uh, the application for the variance has been approved. Both of them are approved. You're welcome. Yep. Good luck. Good luck. Good, Good evening. You too. Um, I see a, couple, a number of people in the audience. Uh, if I remember correctly, the 231 ransom, was that removed from the agenda? Yes, yes, that was removed. We, we did make an announcement at the beginning of the meeting. And- um, Thank you. Okay. Yeah, so we, so we did make an announcement. That one is, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if it will ever, Resurface, but um, it is it is off our, our agenda for tonight. I do have a few brief comments to make, if that's okay. First of all, I want to I want to um, compliment the board on completing the Michigan Association of Planning Zoning Board of Appeals training. Um, you know, I know that was uh, at least what a little over two hours that that, that program. <laughs> but, but who is counting? But but. I, I, for, I for one appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, no, it was it was good refresh. It was good. 
Well, well, you're welcome. I, you know, I mean, you know, your comments that were made at that, that was at our February meeting. You know, we understood, you know, what the board, you know, that, that there was there was a few steps the board would like to see as far as the training goes. That was the first piece to get, you know, some professional training. And the second piece is the finding of fact, which um, which Charlie and I are working on. We're going to have some information for you next month on that. Uh, you know, some sort of a, a little cheat sheet to help better rule, you know, better hear comments and know what should trans transfer to that finding of fact sheet in front of you. Um, you know, that's appreciated. So that's, that's the toughest part of the job. Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah. So we understand. There's, there's. Like we, a, we can't, we can't tell you what the no. what the finding of fact should be, obviously, no. or your conclusion. But we want to get something there that uh, ties into the standards. What you're looking for under each standard. What to take notes on and record, so that when you make your finding of fact motion, you're tying it back into those standards. And that um, helpful for you because you you have the confidence you're making a, a good finding of fact. That helps me potentially if someone wants to appeal the finding of fact, and that protects you. If we have a good solid finding of fact, good. Um, I mean, an appeal is also based on whether facts are in the record because the law does recognize this is a quasi-judicial body. Now, we happen to have one attorney on this board, but for the most part, uh, we don't have professional legal people, and that's recognized. So you aren't held to quite the same standard a court would be in, a, in an appeal, but still we want to have a good finding of fact, and we want to try and make that as easy for you as, as possible. Yeah, I appreciate that. I thought the finding effects were really good tonight, guys. We did good. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, yeah. We were. Uh, it's not like we knew it was up. Not all the time. Like it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I would and I would say since you've done your training, I have received some very thoughtful, pointed questions about these particular cases. Oh, you know good. about good. you know you know uh, chair carroll asked about additional information on what those draft amendments to the sign regulations actually are and and uh uh ms van and hamburg uh reached out to me and had several questions about about two cases most specifically stadium drive and you know what exactly you know are we going to end up with here if if this use variance gets granted and really kind of kind of digging deep and you know on what this you know what this entity is doing as far as managing other mobile homes in Kalamazoo and you know are they are they the type of organization we want to see acquire more property and expand mm -hmm. um, you know as well as you know you know focusing on the difficulties with the redevelopment of that particular site on Stadium Drive. So, you know, it's it's already showing itself that uh, everybody was listening during the training, and that's yeah. much oh, appreciated. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> with, uh, with respect to the questions, uh, and, and I think I can speak for Peter here as well, we do welcome questions. 
ahead of time to clarify things. Uh, I welcome questions on uh, legal matters. Uh, just a reminder, if we are asking questions or having some discussion there, we shouldn't be doing chain emails and copying mm -hmm. everybody on There's the no quorum. Yep. Uh, because then that gets into a potential open meetings act violation That's and somebody could be saying well there's deliberation and decision ahead of time and uh, we can't do that so that's just a reminder we aren't doing that now yeah. and just uh, don't do that but uh, one thing that stood out to me tonight that evidenced your training you're seconding motions we did. they're not asking for support it's a second which uh, technically is the correct way to do it. You support a motion by voting for it. There you go. So, right. cool. just an observation, not criticizing anything oh. you have done, but. Yeah, yeah, so, it, so and, I'll, and I'll keep this brief, but just to uh, uh, touch on the ordinance updates. So, you know, I know we talked specifically about the sign ordinance tonight, but I want to let everybody know that at our, our planning commission meeting last Thursday, uh, recommendation, a recommendation was approved for amendments that address the marijuana ordinance. So we, right now we have, we have separate uh, location criteria for medical facilities versus adult use marijuana facilities. So we're essentially just aligning the two to make it less confusing. And then there's a few other wordsmithing changes going on there. Um, then there was some general code edits. One of them had to do with the uh, bed and breakfast, like that we had a, that, that bed and breakfast request that, you know, where the, the individual, because it wasn't a single family dwelling, it was a duplex that caused a variance. And that situation, you know, we felt that or, or living in the house directly next to the dwelling being used as a bed and breakfast, that those circumstances, the whole intent was to have the, the manager of the bed and breakfast close by to keep an eye on things, to be responsive if service, service is needed. So, so there's changes made to that. Off-street parking was another one which came before this board most recently, and I guess one of the largest ones was graphics packaging. So the industrial regulations um, have been changed to allow for more parking when looking at um, manufacturing and, and shift type workers. So we've uh, dealt with that. Uh, we put in place an exemption for, for commercial buildings that are 2,000 square feet or less that are not in the CC zone. What that means is if you have a, like a, an older commercial building that may be on the edge of a neighborhood, um, you know, it may or may not have the appropriate number of off-street parking spaces. But rather than discouraging reinvestment in that building by saying, oh, you don't have enough parking spaces to open that back up as a, a retail shop or a, you know, a bike shop or something like that, you know, there, there's now an exemption for small commercial buildings um, so, you know, we, you know, we are, you know, trying to catch these things and get some of these uh, code edits uh, codified in these amendments. And then as far as the commercial districts, the CC zone district uh, specifically, um, that's being moved over from, 
Appendix A to Chapter 50, because eventually everything will be in Chapter 50, all our, all our zoning regulations, but part of the transition of, of that, that commercial community district involved the changing of the language that limits residential units on the ground floor. So now residential units will be allowed on the ground floor in, this, in the CC zone district. There's gonna be um, limitations on what's called occupied space, which is the front portion of the building facing the primary street in certain circumstances where you, where you can have residential units in the back of the ground floor, but not, you know, not, not occupying the ground floor front face. Um, uh, as a side question, is that what happened to the old goat property? Because there's the cannabis in the front, but do they have residential? Do you remember the old goat? Um, yeah, yeah, on, on Michigan Avenue there, yeah, yeah near campus. Not, yeah. I'm just wondering if there's, I, I don't go into those places. Well, that one is, um, <laughs> that one is residential. I'd Sorry. have to look at that one. I, I, I didn't think there was any, I didn't think there was any. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I live right next to there. So I, I, I think I, that's the same case where what you're describing is, is commercial out front, but residential can be on the ground floor behind yes. the storefront. Yeah, okay. now I don't think they have any there yet. Now remember they built some out of uh, out of compliance on that. Oh, floor. okay. They're right. You're right. You're right. They did. They did. But yeah, something like that would now be you know conforming once these amendments move forward. So, anyways, this list of things that I mentioned is actually going to the city commission next month for the first read. So you know that's the first wave, and then we're working on um, screening and landscaping and signage. Is, is coming next, so as well as the rest of the commercial districts. So, you know, there's gonna be several, you know, batches uh, that we're working on this year. Cool. Any conversation on the Airbnb issue? I feel like that's an issue that many cities may be facing. We've seen it a few times, and even if it's a statement reaffirming what we have, it might be helpful guidance for consistency in our decisions. I will bring that up. Um, that <laughs> With a can of worms. <laughs> With a can of worms. That's all right. That's, well, that's... in a biohazard suit. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you that, you know, the, you know, that annual report we put together that kind of goes through all the use variances the board saw that year and what was granted, what was denied. I mean, those annual reports are part of what was pushed into the decision-making of these ordinance amendments that are, are now moving forward. So, so what happens, in, you know, at this board is definitely not happening in a vacuum. We are collecting that information. The ground floor residential was something that would have been nice if we've been able to move on that a little sooner, but they, the, the thought was let's do that, but let's do that in concert with moving that, that entire commercial district to the new chapter. Um, so anyways, so the, um, well, it's just that that is, it, we got, it's, it's got to be looked at as where do you, you know, are there going to be any limitations on that? Because it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's using residential homes in a commercial capacity. 
and there's individuals that would you know would love to just buy homes in Kalamazoo and just continue to rent them out and is that really what the families that live next door um, you know want to put up with that all of a sudden the house next to them is turning over every week or every three to four days with a different group of people living there um, you know that, so it needs to be a wider discussion it definitely needs some public feedback and then there may be certain you know, certain zone districts, maybe like RM36, RM15, that are more appropriate in the lower, less intense residential zone districts. Maybe those those are not the place to allow, you know, that sort of use. So we got to figure out, you know, what limitations we want to put on it. What are the appropriate zone districts? Um, but but yeah, but yeah, it's 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 just it's it's complicated and um, it's not in the ordinance right now. So, so you're right. Our focus was more like what's in the ordinance and how do we update that and move it to Chapter 50. But this is something else that also, yes, does need to be thought through because it does keep coming up. Twice next month. Is that twice next month? I'm joking. I said twice, oh. ne twice next month. Uh, we had, we, they come in pairs, you know, the signs and all this, <laughs> this stuff. What else do you got, Mr. Eldridge? Very good. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, anything else, anybody? All right, then we'll adjourn it. All right. Great. Good night, guys. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Good job. Starting, started off yeah, and like running up the stairs. I'm a little embarrassing, but it is what it is.